0: Assalamu salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone. Welcome back to Qur'an 30 for 30. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wassalamu wa ala alihi wa sahbihi man SubhanAllah, uh, here we are now going into the 27th and obviously a time where people uh, prepare themselves and there are many texts that indicate the special nature of this night. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us Laylatul Qadr, whether it is tonight okay. or any other night, and Allah forgive us for any shortcomings, Allahumma amin. A reminder before we get started, inshallah ta'ala, uh, please, as you are thinking about your, your sadaqah and various good deeds that you could do, uh, bidna nahi ta'ala, you see the value of the work that we have been putting out at Yaqeen, and you find yourself, inshallah ta'ala, moved to contribute to it, as well as the many other wonderful causes that are out there, inshallah ta'ala. So if you'd like to contribute to Yaqeen, bidna nahi ta'ala, please click the link, inshallah ta'ala. Um, and if we don't hit our fundraising goal, Sheikh Abdullah Dura will be paying you a personal visit. Yeah, he put the fist up too. All right, mashallah. Uh we're happy to have alhamdulillah as always. What was that what kind of fist was that one Shaykh that?
1: that was the this was the threat, but this was the hope. Yeah,
0: okay. and <laughs> Masha <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we, we gotta do hope and fear, you know. Um, but uh we're blessed alhamdulillah today. We have two first time guests uh, with us in Alhamdulillah I mean, Dr. Osama Alami. And Dr. Jinan Yusuf. Uh, Dr. Jinan, of course, mashallah, has authored quite a bit at Yaqeen already, uh, especially on the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And mm-hmm. it's not the only place that she authors on the names of Allah, but it's certainly, uh, we, we we are uh, blessed to have your work on the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and some of the other things that you're working on. Uh, Dr. Jinan, how are you?
2: Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, very well. And khairan for for the opportunity, of course.
0: <laughs> Dr. Jinan what name of Allah should I call upon to beat Sheikh Abdullah in ping pong? Oh, Al Aziz. Al Aziz. See how quick that was. See how quick that was. So Sheikh Abdullah, I'm screaming across the ping pong table. Yeah, Aziz, as I'm as I'm hitting the, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Nasir. Okay. So maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <Cool. laughs> We'll try we'll 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 see how we can make use of the, the names of Allah kinds. Of, but on a serious stuff, for everyone, please check out the series. Actually the last paper, I believe, it was As right? Dr. and you and Dr. Tahir, co-authored As Samir.
2: Yes, it's one of my favorite papers and one of my favorite names, definitely.
0: So please check out the names of Allah series, As being the last last one. Dr. Osama, how are you? Alhamdulillah Rabbil Al it's just wonderful to see the President's Sisters, Alhamdulillah. So, Dr. Osama, in the UK, do you call it ping-pong or table tennis? (laughs) We call it table tennis. (laughs) Uh, Ping-pong sounds a bit funny to me. (laughs) Is there a Bengali version of it?
3: (laughs) I think even in Bangladesh it would be called table tennis. Yeah. Um, And uh, yes, I think we actually used to play in Bangladesh. I can't remember. Uh, I lived um, sort of a year of my life in Bangladesh as a 10 year old. and. Yes, I think it would be considered rather popular in parts, Mashallah.
0: but definitely call table tennis, not ping pong. I need one sentence from you, because we had Dr. Farah uh, Islam, she so, she showed some love to our brothers and sisters from Bangladesh. I've been working on my Urdu, I asked you for poetry, you didn't give me any poetry yet. Uh, Mashallah. You know, Mashallah. But I tried, I need something that's a little bit more detailed from you, can you give like a nice word of advice? and love to our brothers and sisters from bangladesh and like a sentence inshallah. um
3: i will try my uh, one of the um mixed blessings of being someone who's been devoting his life to the ulama for the last uh, 18 or so years is that uh, my arabic is far better than my bengali <laughs> but uh i think it's one of the um duas that i make uh quite often in bangla which is a translation of a du'a Which I make in Arabic as well Is Allah shahadz Which means may Allah f- make things easy for you Or uh, I mean it's it's not necessarily for you It's for anyone Allah shahadz And And uh, yeah so I hope that that As a message for all of us That may Allah make these 10 nights easy for us In mm-hmm. terms of yeah. really devoting ourselves to Ibadah inshallah yeah, I mean, <laughs>
0: you know. Shaykh Abdullah you and I need to practice Bangla Next extremely, time. extremely important.
3: Uh, I, I must say that uh, you know the the world's population uh, in uh, on on a global scale. Bangla is one of the languages which is up there, um, just by virtue of the number of Bangla Bengali speakers there are
0: in the world. I so. <laughs> 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 well, bless you all that are tuning in from all over the world. Uh, inshallah, ta'ala, uh we're going to go ahead and get started. Doctor, some of course will be writing inshallah ta'ala for us this year, so we're excited to see your your first publications mm-hmm. at Yahee in the well. mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. being in uh just 27 now, um subhanAllah there's so much that we could talk about that relates directly to uh, the hereafter and builds off of some of the themes that we spoke about in uh in, in just 26. Uh Juz 26 of course we we ended off at this notion of uh, victory in this life and victory in the next life, right? Fatih and then having the hujurat, the adab with the Prophet and ultimately the reward uh, that comes in uh, in, the, in the next life. And so you have al-fath in this life, and then uh, suddenly you have al waqiah in the next life, which is very hereafter-focused, the reality. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah al wa kuntum azwajan thalatha. Uh, this is a very powerful uh, portion. And as I say in the Judgment Day series, Allah Azza frequently divides us into three groups. And we often find that even when we talk about the, احوال, the different stations of people on the Day of Judgment, that there are three groups. Uh, in the way that they are being dealt with, and then subgroups within those three groups. But here, taraf um, Allah praises ashabul maimana the people on the right side, and how blessed are they. Uh, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um talks about the disgrace of the people on the left and how miserable they will be. Right. So the sorting out of the righteous and the wicked. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wasabiqun asabiqun and those who are foremost in faith will be foremost in paradise. So those who are foremost to His obedience in this life will be foremost to His reward in the next life. And Allah says, "Ula ikal Verily, they are the nearest ones to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala fi jannat ta in uh, in these gardens of bliss. Now, I wanted to stop here for a moment, and I'll go into the last two here. Uh, this idea of qurb uh, being close to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala may Allah make us amongst the muqarrabin, muqarrabin Allahumma amin, may Allah make us amongst those that are close to Him, amongst His awliya fi uh, dunya this idea that Yusuf عليه السلام, when he said you are my wali in this life and in the next you want to look at the reward of the hereafter as an extension of the relationship you've built with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this life as Imam Ahmed rahimahullah ta'ala said if you want to know your station with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then look at his station with you if you want to know how much Allah loves you look at how much you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Look at the way that you have Qadr of Allah in your heart. The, 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 uh, how much, um, you know, uh, due estimation you give to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your heart. And look to what that translates into in terms of actionable deeds that bring you close to him on a consistent basis. A trajectory of closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of Qurb. You know, the hadith Qudsi. My servant does not come close to me with anything more beloved to me than the fara'id and then he continues to come close to me with the nawafil until i love that person so the trajectory is there and the trajectory is one of qurb the trajectory of one uh, is one of closeness and subhanallah there's one of the salaf who mentioned that uh, he he asked allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a dream uh, how can i come close to you and allah azza said utruk nafsak wa ta'ala, uh, leave behind your nafs and come close and so forsake the nafs, which is the barrier between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ego and the self and the lowliness of the self. And aspire for something higher in closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah has not shut that door for you. Come close to him. And as of course, are people who are quick to the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to measure your hesitation versus your your, your, uh, your eagerness, right? uh there are some that hesitate towards good deeds but are quick to sin there are some that are quick to loopholes but very slow towards clear obligations and there are those that when they hear allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calling upon them through the messenger sallallahu and through this revelation they, they they immediately rush towards it and so you want to look at the hesitation that you have what do you hesitate towards do you hesitate towards his ta'a do you hesitate towards his obedience or do you hesitate towards his disobedience and the believer, of course, seeks to be amongst those that quickly respond to the call of Allah and they respond with all of themselves, with their hearts, with their faculties, with everything, when the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is made and they give it their best effort. These are as-sabiqoon, as And so these people will naturally be, uh, you know, quick to paradise on the Day of Judgment and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will advance them forward in every single station of the Day of Judgment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Make us amongst them. Allahumma amin. Then Allah jalla says, min wa min That there is a multitude of the earlier generations and a few from the later generations. Now subhanAllah, this is where you find the balance of the message. Uh, so beautiful. And how the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam talked about the incentive to be from a sabiqhood. On one hand, the Messenger وسلم, made it very clear that the best generation of this ummah is the generation of the companions of the Prophet SallAllahu Even if you spent Uhud in gold, you would not be able to equal the rank of the companions. You cannot be of the rank of the companions of the Prophet SallAllahu as a collective generation. They are the best of the best. They are the cream of the crop. Not just the best generation of this ummah, the best generation that has ever walked the face of the earth, is the generation of the companions of the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi and the companions amongst themselves are not equal in rank, right? And Allah Azza wa Jalla will tell us in Surah al-Hadid. subhanAllah you find it right after in Surah al-Hadid. لا يستوي منكم من أنفق من قبل الفتح وقاتل أعظم درجة من الذين أنفقوا من بعد وقاتلوا وعد الله الحسن. That, uh, that that those of you that uh, believed, um, and this is verse ten of Surah al-Hadid, also in this juz that those of you who uh, who who believed, who spent before the Fath are not like those who came after the Fath. Right? But then what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? All of them are promised their own fine reward. Right? So even those that became Muslim much later on, if those if you've been watching the first, when we talk about Suhaid ibn Amr, uh, رضي الله تعالى عنه, a man who was a staunch enemy of the Prophet but strange, strange in that he resembled the firsts in his ibadah once he became Muslim. I mean, really, like like exceeded Subhanallah in his in his ibadah. This wasn't a person who um, merely accepted Islam at the end and, and politically aligned with the Prophet sallallahu So you have people Kullan waad Allah al-Husna. Khalid ibn Walid ta'ala anhu. later on, right? He becomes Muslim much later, but look at what he becomes. Ikrama bin Abi Jahl. Look at what he becomes رضي ta'ala تعالى عنه. So you have people that accepted Islam later on even in the span of the Prophet But the Muhajirun were always the Muhajirun The Ansar were always the Ansar The people who made the two Hijras to Abyssinia and, and, and then Medina were always the people of Ashabul Hijratain They were the people of the two Hijras The people of Badr were always the people of Badr No one could equal their rank collectively So even in the generation of the Prophet he made these distinctions in terms of those that came earlier. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu was always Abu Bakr, whether he was the, the only person next to the Prophet وسلم, or there were 100,000 people next to him. Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu was always Ali radiallahu anhu. The list goes on and on, right? Ali radiallahu anhu being that one person that heard the call of the Prophet وسلم, and who always stuck with him. So they remain in their rank with the Prophet in every way now what does this mean for us and I'll end with this because it can be a little demoralizing right uh, okay well then does that mean I don't have a chance that's where you find the narrations the narrations of Abu Fa'laba uh, for example where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi ayam mentions that that behind you are days of patience that to come later after you are days of great patience days in which holding on to faith is like holding on to a burning hot coal and for the reward the reward of those people is like 50 of you uh, Subhanallah, and I'm paraphrasing the hadith because of time. Or when the Prophet mentions amanubi" those who believed in me and they never even saw me, that that's such a beautiful reward uh, for them, right? A special, unique reward for them. And then "Fi kulli ummati sabiqun." Every generation of my ummah has people who are forerunners. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them. Allahumma amin. There's not a generation of this ummah except that Allah has placed sabiqun amongst them, forerunners amongst them, mujaddids. Revivers amongst them, uh, and of course, you know my favorite in this regard. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, "My ummah is like the rain. I don't know which is the best of it, the first of it, or the last of it." Meaning, there will always be these special. There will always be these special raindrops. This is the risk of Allah subhanahu wa taala upon this world that He will always sprinkle the raindrops of this ummah throughout the entire lifespan of the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and some of the best Muslims. There's one narration that says, by the way. The best are the first and then the last of this ummah. And then between them, there's the iwaj, there's the crookedness. So the, the people that, that are with Isa alayhi at the very, very end, right, are of a, such a special rank with the Prophet like and of course with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we should not be demoralized by this because we know that we can be sabiqoon in any generation that we are in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them. Allahumma ameen. Shaykh Abdullah inshallah I'll pass it off to, to you. Abdullah.
1: As-salatu, as-salatu as-salamu ala wa ala alihi wa ala wa sahbihi wa Mashallah, that was a lot that was uh, covered, very beneficial. Uh, but, you know, just looking at the, the point where you mentioned how uh, one should not hesitate and be a sabiqeen, to be of those that rust, rush towards the good deeds and do not procrastinate uh, in doing the good deeds and asking the real question, particularly in these days and this night, which one do I rush to more? Am I, do I rush towards the good deeds or am I hesitant? Because those can be signs of the iman progressing, redressing, and that can be a sign of, of weighing ourselves and holding ourselves accountable. That is one method. When I, when I see the, the goodness of Islam or I hear something from Islam that calls me to do something or to stay away from something, and both of those are good deeds, am I hesitant? Am I hesitant? But when you look at the sabiqun, you look at them, they're sabiqun because they were not hesitant. They were not hesitant because they knew who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was by knowing his beautiful names and attributes, understanding the meanings and and how they are actualized in their lives. And with that, there's really no turning back. You don't want to turn back. You want to go, you want to encounter those beautiful names and attributes and the manifestation of them and embrace them at every time. And from that, you'll be of the sabiqin because you realize what the true value is of life and that it will end and that there is another life. What I want to talk about is that next life, inshallah, of being in Jannah. I want to talk about a couple of verses in the chapter of Tur, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about even in Waqiyah. And as he's mentioned, these surah, these chapters are beautiful because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the future. He's talking about Jannah. He's talking about that place that is everlasting. May Allah make us from the inhabitants of Jannah. Because Jannah, he, he, uh, you know, it's inside of it is what no eye has seen. That it is what no eye has seen, uh, no ear has heard, and it is not fathomable. The individual individual cannot even fathom and imagine the reality of it. And that is something that should entice the believer in Allah, because if Allah is enticing you towards it, you know that it is far more than you can even imagine. And that's what the Prophet ﷺ is saying. So there are some snippets that Allah gives in this chapter of, uh, of a tour. and I want to start from uh, verse number 21. But from verse number 17, he starts to talk about the people of Jannah. You know, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Inna fi Those who are mindful of God are in the gardens of bliss. Fa'kihina bima atahum rabbuhum waqahum rabbuhum Rejoicing in their Lord's gifts, he has saved them from the torment of the blaze. And then he says, Kulu kuntum Eat and drink healthily and plentifully from what you have done. Ala wa they are comfortably seated on couches, arranging in rows, and we pair them with beautiful-eyed maidens, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, which is beautiful, interesting here because he mentions how they will be with their partners or with beautiful-eyed maidens. After that, he says, Three parts I want to split this verse up into, inshallah. The first of them being where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expresses his name Ar-Rahman in ar rahim even for the believers. And then also Al-Wa'si, that he is uh, vast and gives in abundance. He has abundance and everything that he gives, if he wills, is in abundance with no end. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, Allah says here, and those who believed and whose descendants followed them in faith, we will join them with their descendants, yani with their offspring. This is interesting because of the parents that are in Jannah, may Allah make us of those in Jannah, their children, inshallah, if, when they go to Jannah, inshallah, and they're at a lower level, Allah bihim, He will allow the children to come up and to be with their parents. And subhanAllah, it's amazing because this should be a reminder for us as parents or those that aspire to be parents. Firstly, those that are parents, are we raising them on iman? Are we teaching them about Allah? And alhamdulillah, we have Dr. Jinan here because she's written a book on the names and attributes of Allah. Well, I always tell myself and others, if you want to tell people about your religion, about Islam, start with the names and attributes. Because it's such a universal playing field, if you will. If that individual that may not be Muslim or has questions about Islam... Believes in a deity start with the beautiful names and attributes, particularly with the qawaid or the rules that deal with understanding those beautiful names. So when we say, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ar-Rahman, the merciful. Then we say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al adil He is the just. His, just is, his justice is couched in mercy. When we say Allah is a samir and we say Allah is al-Aziz or al-Azim. He is magnificent and great. His hearing is al-Azim. It is couched in greatness to where you cannot even imagine in totality the the, the, the the aptitude or the magnitude of his hearing. Even though Allah gives you snippets of that in the Quran. So when we look at the names and attributes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here from his mercy, from his love, from his honor, from his fadl, from his virtue here allows the children to be raised with the parents. بِإِيمَانٍ Very interesting how he makes that qaid or that particular aspect that he wants to touch on and remind you with the Iman. Those of you that are aspiring to be married, inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala zawajakum, inshallah, righteous husbands and righteous wives, righteous husbands, to where you will be in Jannah with your wife and your husband, inshallah, ta'ala, because of your deeds, or raise someone up because of your deeds. And as we know, the shafa'ah, the intercession of the individual, inshallah, as even some people mentioned, of the friend, of the hadith of Prophet So when looking at, uh, at the whole concept of the individual's children being raised up to them. Some scholars mentioned if it's the child or the individual that didn't have children themselves, they will be as a child, even though their age, uh, there's no يخالف, no difference, they will be raised up to their parents inshallah ta'ala. So that is a, a sign of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he does this. The nobility of teaching Iman is something that is held in a high regard. That the iman should be taught to our children and to our family members, to everyone, because each and every one of us is a child, has been a child, and we always will be a child to our parents. The second portion is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مِّن مِّن شاي, and we will not deprive them of any of their deeds, them being the parents, the, the ones that are in Jannah. We will not deprive them because one may think. That if my child is taking from the reward of what I have done for them, they it will take away from some of my reward. It will take away from some of my reward if they are raised up to my level. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we will not deprive them of anything of what they used to do. And then he brings a general qaida that we should remember. Bima that every person for, will have what she or he has earned. Every person for what he has earned is retained. And I love this word raheem because in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that we know with the aqeeqah, that when someone has a boy or a girl, then they should sacrifice an animal if possible. And the word aqeeqah comes from uqq, and that means to split or to cleave open. If we say someone is walidayhi someone is uh, uh, disrespectful uh, uh, and not compliant with their parents, they say aq, la to as the Prophet ﷺ said that the individual is not intergenerate if they are someone that is constantly disobedient cleaving and splitting the relationship between them and their parents aqiqah comes from when they split and cleave the, the neck of the of the uh, the animal that they slaughter for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala showing gratitude to the ghulam. the prophet of allah he said in a beautiful hadith al gulamu murtahanun bi the prophet said the boy or girl is mortgaged by his aqiqah but he says murtahan and the word rahan means that which is borrowed or pawned. So it is as though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you al-razaq. He is providing for you al wahhab bestowing upon you your child. But your child will come back to him. You have no ultimate control over yourself. What about your children? That is why iman, ultimate iman, Allah puts it in them. But you have to play your part as the parent. In other words, as the one that Allah has chosen for that child to be its guardian on this earth, as the one that Allah has chosen to teach them the Iman. And it's beautiful because remembering Jannah, I highly implore all of you to read these verses of Jannah, inshallah, and in Tur, because remember, it's something that we totally can't totally understand its reality, but that's the whole point for you to desire it. There's a beautiful hadith and I'll leave with the Prophet sallallahu A woman, an elderly woman comes to the Prophet sallallahu And she she asks him to make dua for her to enter Jannah. And he tells her, jannata ajuz. The Prophet sallallahu said the elderly doesn't enter Jannah. So Al-Hasan radiallahu anhu, he says that the woman started to walk off and she was crying and she was weeping. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him to call her back. And then the Prophet sallallahu told her that she not know the verse, inna hunna insha'a. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the chapter of Waqia that verily we have uh, produced women in paradise of a new creation, that the concept of age is not even a concept there. There will be a new creation, totally different than what we can imagine. And this is why we should not base the reality of the unseen with our limited physical intellect, because it is limited. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, when you're with Him, it is unlimited. You'll be have the fawake, and the fawake is that which is even the enjoyment. Inshallah, may Allah Subh'anaHu wa Taala make us of those that are in the inhabitants of Jannah, and allow those that are in our care to be of those that desire to be with us in Jannah. Allahumma Amin. Jazakum Allah Khair. Khair,
0: We'll move straight to you, Dr. Dinan. Tafadhi.
2: Jazakum Allah khairan b'shna rahman raheem, alhamdulillah rabbil alameen, as salatu wa salamu ala ashrafna and daim wa saneen. Firstly, Jazakum Allah khairan Sheikh Omar, for your insights they were so beautiful, and Sheikh Abdullah, especially always linking it back to the names of Allah, like it is so, so, so important, like it enriches everything. You know, we we love our relationships, you know, with our with our loved ones, right? And if somebody were to ask you about the person that you love, you could talk about them for ages because you love them so much and you know them so deeply. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he reveals to us at least 99 names, what does that say about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inviting us to know him in so many different ways, inviting us to have this relationship with him in so many different ways. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who, you know, who, who learn his names and who connect to him uh, by his names. And inshallah, I hope also the verse that, I, that I'm discussing will also uh, tell us about who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. So the verses that I'm going to be discussing are from uh, Surah Al-Qamar and uh, from verses 9 to 17. Um, I'm going to do a quick summary and then I'm going to make four points, bi'idhnillah. So these verses, um, they're talking about Nuh alayhi And the story of Nuh alayhi it's all over the Qur'an. And, you know, from different verses in the Qur'an, we know that Nuh salam, was with his people for 950 years, that they rejected him um, and uh, they mocked him. And finally, after 950 years of calling them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, the people, you know, they were they were drowned and, most, and uh, Nuh alayhi salam, uh, with very few people who believed with him, was saved. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these verses, he... You know, the, the words that are used, I think these are, these are, it's like consolation for anybody who is suffering, for anybody who is broken, and that you look to the story of Nuh alayhi salam and you can take so much comfort in it. And so I wanted to, like I mentioned, make four points. So the verses start with, So the first point that I want to make is about going through a test for the sake of Allah. And these verses that I recited, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, before then the people of Nuh denied the truth and they rejected our servant, calling him insane. And he was rebuked, uh, Nuh alayhi salam. And so I want us to stop here because sometimes when we say the story of Nuh alayhi salam, it's like, oh, he was rejected for 950 years. But we don't actually stop and think, what does it mean to be rejected? and mocked for 950 years. You know, if we get one rejection, somebody says one thing that's rude to us, you know, maybe you're, you're making da'wah to someone, you know, and they're just like, leave me alone, or maybe they say something Islamophobic to you and it's like, oh my God, khalas, I, can't, I can't do this anymore, right? Like you really feel, but imagine for 950 years that you are calling people, you're calling people to what's good for them. This is not something for your benefit. Salam is not gonna get, you know, anything. He's not, be, he's not gonna become a king or become wealthy. It's because they're his people. He loves his people. So can you imagine that you want something good for your own people, that you want to do good for them, and that they are rejecting you? And it's not the type of rejection that it's like, look, you know, Nuh salam, we're good, thanks, but no thanks. Like, that's not the type, that wasn't a polite rejection, right? This is like, Nuh alayhi salam, like, waqalu like, were Like, they were mocking him, they were making fun of him, they're just like, this guy is crazy. So Im- imagine the pain, and it's not just his people. You know, sometimes maybe your community um, is, you know, is rejecting you or rejecting, you know, your, your, you have good initiatives and they're re- rejecting that. But maybe you go home and you find solace in your home because you have family. But we know that with Nuh salam, his wife, His son, you know, uh, Sheikh Abdullah is talking about, you know, like that we raise our kids with Iman, right? Imagine the pain of your son, and you're just like, you know, you're trying to help your child and completely rejecting. So just think about the pain. And here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's telling us this, and he's telling the Prophet this that, like, look, when you are doing something good for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, persevere. Allah is with you. Look at Nuh, but he persevered, he did this for Allah. And sometimes, you know, we know with Nuh alayhi salam, very few people believed with him, right? And sometimes, you know, we, we kind of, we correlate outward success, even if we just do it, you know, subconsciously, but with Allah's pleasure, right? And so you might think, like, I tried so hard, and it didn't work, I'm signing for the sake of Allah, and it's not working, is, is Allah not happy with me? Is Allah rejecting me? Now, of course, we have to take ourselves to account if we're doing things correctly or not. But if you're really sincerely doing something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa Taala, but you're not seeing the fruits, don't worry. Because what matters is that you are doing the sa'i, that you're doing the striving for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa Taala, like Nuh salam did. And even the Prophet you know, he tells us, rubba Ashaf, aghbar, right? A person who's like, like their hair is messy, aghbar, they're like dusty. مدفع uh, بالابواب like you know they're not received well. لو أقسم على الله لا If this person makes an oath, they pray to Allah subhanahu wa taala. Allah will respond to them straight away so and this person if you look at them if you like see them you're like oh this person's not special they don't have a lot of you know twitter followers they're not you know nobody really cares about them right but it's like no this person is special to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of what they do for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so don't worry if it seems like your initiatives or what you're doing for the sake of allah is failing or you know um it's not you're not seeing the fruits of it if you're doing it for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Right? You're in good company. You're in the company of Nuh. Salam. You're in the company of the Prophet. Salam. That when people rejected them, but they persevered. Why? For the sake of Allah. And then to the next point Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this I love this ayah for me, like it just it shakes my heart, right? So, and then the ayah after it. Now I'm saying that we have to, you know, we should persevere for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This does deny the fact that we're human and we get exhausted, we get broken. Right, we get overcome, and so Nuh alayhi salam he cried out to his Lord. I'm defeated. Right, I'm I'm overcome. I'm broken. فنتصر. so help me. Yeah. and so this doesn't deny. Yes, when you're doing something for the sake of Allah, you might be broken. You might feel that you're overcome. You might feel that you know nothing. Nothing is happening. But you take that. Take that brokenness broken feeling in your heart don't let the test make you turn away from Allah let that test turn you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because sometimes that's the point sometimes maybe you're not seeing fruits because you want to have this inkisa this brokenness before Allah this tadabbur, going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right and with everything you're being vulnerable before Allah sometimes you know with people you might with them you might say you know, um, told this person something and I cried in front of them, but like, I wish that I didn't because I can't trust them, right? But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's who you wanna be broken to. That's when you feel defeated, when you feel overcome, right? You go to Allah because that's where you're going to find your solace. That's where you're going to find your consolation. And sometimes that's the point. That you go and you turn to Allah in all of your brokenness, in the tests that you're going through. And sometimes even if nothing outwardly changes, the fact that you are there going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah who is al-Faktah, who opens what is closed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is al-wadood, who is the most affectionate, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is al-samee, he hears, he's al-qareeb, he's so, he's close to you. Anni <inaudible> fantasir. Right? So sometimes that is the point, that you're just vulnerable before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then what happens after? What happens after, subhanAllah? Then Allah says, ففتحنا أبواب السماء من همر وفجرنا الأرض عيوناً الماء على أمر قد قدر وحملناه على ذات ألوان ودسر تجري بأعيننا جزاء لمن كان كفر. So straight after what happens, Allah wa ta'ala, he opens up the gates of the heavens, the doors of the sky with gushing, with gushing water, and the earth burst with springs. And Allah carried him on a craft of plank and nails and sailing before eyes of our eyes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a repayment for the one who had been denied. Sometimes, you know, we don't know which doors our du'as have opened. We don't know. You are making du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you have no idea Right, which door Allah is opening for you through your dua and what you know, water is gushing through you don't know how your dua Allah al-Mujib that he responds how he's carrying you through your dua and so Allah says like straight away the doors of the heavens are opened, and so Allah might open for you the door in Jannah or a door in this life or both. We know with Asya, alayhi salam when she says, "Rabbi ibn li anda kabaitan fil Jannah." Right? Like she was killed by Firaun. Like this is not like a quote-unquote happy ending, you know, in this life, right? But what she saw her place in Jannah. Allah opened for her that door. So don't ever stop making du'a. Allah, you don't know. ففتحنا أبواب You have no idea what door Allah is opening for you through your du'a. And then finally, and this will be my, my last point, that Allah subhanahu wa says So in the final verses, Allah subhanahu ta'ala says, we left it at a, a sign. So is there anyone to remind himself? And so how were my punishment and my warnings? And over here, it's like all of this is a sign. When Allah is telling you something, it's not for no reason. It's not the abata. It's not purposeless. And Allah also is not trying to scare you, you know, for the sake of trying to scare you. Allah is the Rahman al-Rahim. We recite the Quran, Bismillah al-Rahman al-Rahim. It's all Rahma. When Allah is telling you this, it's like you have to take heed. Allah doesn't want you to go to 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 hell. So take heed, learn from this. But then what does that teach us? That look at this was the punishment. But it also tells us, Don't be the person who's on the receiving end of that dua Don't be the oppressor, right? Subhanallah That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You don't want to be the person Who an oppressed person is making dua against you Because of what you did, right? And Allah responds to that and there's no barrier between them. We always talk about like, yes, I'm making du'a, but then it's like, but wait a second, am I also oppressing someone? Is someone making du'a against me? So the lesson that I take from this is, if I'm broken, I go to Allah, right? I persevere in doing good for Allah. I'm vulnerable before Allah, but also, I do. I'm not of the oppressors. I learn from this to not be on the receiving end of a du'a against an oppressor. <inaudible>
0: We've very moving words, especially, honestly, the part about rejection uh, with Nuh, alayhi salam May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send his peace and blessings upon his prophets and make it easy for all of us to follow in their example Amen, Amen
3: (laughs) Jazakumullah (laughs) khairan, mashallah Three people who are an extremely hard act to follow So, Jazakumullah khairan Really, I could sit here and reflect on the um, reflections of the Uh, Mashayikh Jazakumullah khairan for um you know speaking about three different aspects of the juz which remind us of just the richness of every single juz of the qur'an um, and on this night uh, may allah allow us to deepen our attachment to uh, the qur'an uh, and make it a fath uh, for us a, a source of opening um inshallah on this night uh, for his mercy for his beneficence inshallah i wanted to reflect um jazakum khairan on uh, a series of verses in Surah Al-Hadid, which I'll try and somehow connect to um, the the thoughts of the uh, scholars before me. Um, in Surah Al-Hadid, um, we have a verse which um, begins إِعْلَمُوا um, And uh, if I had more time, I'd recite it uh, in the Arabic. In uh, the cadences of the, uh, the Quran are also something which people should uh, really take um, joy from. In fact, it's so powerful in the Arabic that even the Mushrikeen uh, in Mecca at the time of the Prophet, for all their hatred towards the the Prophet's message at the time, wouldn't be able to help themselves, uh, but they would go uh, sneak in the night and try and sneak a a listen to the recitation of the Quran because of its beauty. Um, And uh, This is also a reminder for all of us to really invest in uh, understanding the Quran's Arabic because whether you're Arab uh, and you've grown up speaking a dialect at home or you're non-Arab and you don't actually have access to uh, Arabic uh, to be able to understand the Quran um, when you listen to the Quran and hear it directly and understand it immediately that's a true blessing and alhamdulillah we live in a time where um, through uh, sort of access to that sort of knowledge that allows you to read the Qur'an and understand it directly has been opened to you, so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us an opening in that regard as well on this blessed night uh, So the first um, sort of part of these verses and I'll go through them reasonably quickly because we are short on time uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us uh, and it uh, begins with the word I'lamu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is conveying to us some almum Know that the life of this world is nothing but play and entertainment. And beauty, meaning uh, sort of, thing, you're trying to acquire things of beauty in this world Bainakum. And your mutual showing off to each other This is for those of us, may Allah protect us from these lower qualities Who are really just preoccupied with the world These are the things of the world that we may seek to pursue For their own uh, sort of, uh, as an end uh, to themselves And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it's zinatun wa tafakhurun baynakum You're showing off among yourselves Oh, look at my car, look at my home um, Or, uh, you know, look at the fact that I'm able to sort of buy this uh, Go on this holiday or, um, uh, you know, get this um, from the dunya Wa fil amwali wal Look at how much money I have, look at how many children I have And of course aulad is something which perhaps we relate to a little less but in the uh, Arabian context of the Prophet having boys specifically meant that you could strengthen your own family in uh, you know matters of competition with other tribes and, and the like and so uh, just to summarize uh, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that there is you know all of this pleasure that you can seek in the dunya but ultimately it can be like the um the farmer sees their own uh, sort of um harvest and thinks look at all this investment i've made and i'm reaping the reward and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends some kind of tribulation and it all goes uh, for naught some kind of natural disaster occurs and suddenly the entire harvest has been destroyed and the person is left in a state of desperation But this is not the sort of desperation that uh, Dr. Jinan was just talking about Where someone is turning to Allah mun kasir, In a state of uh, objection Before Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la, seeking their assistance This is a person who has forsaken Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la, And Allah in a sense is showing them mercy By putting that tribulation on them So that they might turn back to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us that this is the state of the dunya and we should know it um, And then he concludes the verse by saying What sort of pleasure do you get from the dunya except a delusional kind of pleasure It disappears after a short while we, live, we tarry on this earth just for a day or part of a day As it says in another verse in the Quran But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, okay, that knowledge that I've conveyed, what action does it call for? In the next verse, he says, that The uh, race towards a jannah, uh, race towards forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and a jannah that is, whose uh, expanse is Greater than the heavens and the earth and we live in a time where we can actually uh, Understand just the sheer expanse of the heavens the fact that we actually Don't really know how vast the heavens are we have Speculations, but it really reminds us that we are so Tiny compared to the vastness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation and yet the jannah is the size of the heavens and the earth and beyond that and so uh, once again, this is a reminder that that knowledge should bring us to this action where we're seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. And we're seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Jannah. That has been prepared for those who believe in Allah and His Messenger. And then this is a reminder to what Sheikh uh, Shaykh Omar was saying, uh, that there are ranks even among believers, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us of that in the Quran. <laughs> Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has this Surplus generosity that he gives to whomever he wishes And it's a, it's a strong reminder for us that we really need to um, Pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We need to be in that state of um, uh, Being overcome by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's tests That draw us near to him Because the, those tests that draw us near to him are ultimately a blessing And we should Recognize that every single test that we experience That draws us near to him Is ultimately a blessing Uh, I uh, wanted to just conclude very briefly with the verse Uh, I use this as an epigraph in a book I've recently published Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us that Everything that afflicts us in this dunya is ultimately known to Allah and written by Allah uh, In uh, in a time past, it's been predestined And so we shouldn't be overcome by joy in an inordinate fashion when we get something good in the dunya Nor should we be overcome by grief when we suffer some sort of hardship Because all of that is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ultimate guidance is that we should be people of patience uh, in times of tribulation and people of moderation in times of ease it's a beautiful uh, bit of ethical advice that we should be people of humility always we should never be people of arrogance may allah protect us from this worst of qualities with the best of qualities the humility of the prophet lakum
0: so there's a lot in this chapter and I think we can we can summarize it by saying that Allah Azzurajal gives us the ranks and then the drive towards those ranks. Uh, and so those that sacrifice they they are people that could have just merely spent their lives in play and amusement and in uh, you know, materialism and competition and quantity, but instead they chose to compete for Allah's Jannah with all that they had. And we, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he said, سابقو, سابقو, right? So a direct invitation to become from the سابقو and from the forerunner. So we ask Allah to make us from the forerunners to forgive us for our shortcomings. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala us to exert ourselves in this blessed night and all of the ten nights. It was a, a joy, uh, Dr. Jinan and Dr. Osama, to have you both with us. And Shaykh Abdullah, as always, may Allah bless you for your insights. khairan. assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
2: <laughs> Assalamu
0: alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Dear brothers and sisters, as we have been spending time together, alhamdulillah, rabbil reflecting and pondering upon the Day of Judgment and going through the ayat, the verses that talk about the Day of Judgment and talk about the hereafter. I hope that you can all see that you are a part of an institution that nurtures belief in Allah and belief in everything that is going to grant us success in the hereafter, inshallah taala. And it is every year in Ramadan, and specifically these last 10 nights, that we really depend on you to help build out our free resources, inshallah ta'ala. And so I want you to think about how much this work has meant to you personally in elevating your faith and how much more it could mean to someone else and contribute whatever you can inshallah ta'ala over these last 10 nights so that we can continue to grow this work inshallah ta'ala and collectively grow our faith and collectively bi'idhnillahi ta'ala succeed in the hereafter. Remember, your actions echo for eternity. Act for your akhirah.